We all want more freedom, and a lot of us work hard now in the hope we'll feel free later. What if there was another way? A way to feel happier, more free, and confident to get better results right now. Welcome to Your Freedom Unlimited, where we share practical stories and strategies to help you show up authentically, drop your fears, and take inspired action on what matters most to you. I'm your host, Jen Ramsey. As a coach with a love for metaphysics, science, spirituality, and strategies that get results, I'll help you step away from self-doubt and create a powerful new story for your life, business, or career. Join me. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Your Freedom Unlimited with me, Jen Ramsey. And I just want to say how incredibly excited I am to be introducing you to this week's guest, Angela Grima. Angela is the co-founder of an incredible company called Drumbeats, Guy Rhythm Events and High Octave, all, all beautiful businesses that are related to music, but bringing music into the world, in the world of corporate team building and, and helping people to really engage with music. Angela is an experienced and intuitive performer, singer-songwriter, business owner, communicator, and corporate facilitator in entertainment, team building, and education. She has produced some pretty amazing events across Australia. Um, many events such as the High Rollers New Year's Eve party at Conrad Jupiter's Casino, New Year's Eve at the Opera House Kitchen, roadshows for one of our banks, the National Australia Bank, and the Bunnings Annual Conference, where she had 2,500 people using buckets, brackets, conduit boxes, paint stirrers, and boxes of washers to work in rhythm together. So for those of you who are not listening from Australia, Bunnings is one of our big box hardware stores. So she had 2,500 people making rhythm out of hardware components. So I'm very keen to see some video of that. Angela is also a mama to two beautiful girls, aged two and eight, and she has a natural zest and passion for life, loves nature, and has an everything is possible attitude. And Angela is deeply connected to the earth and to music, and she loves music and she actually sees colours when she's playing music, which is pretty exciting. So, Angela, I want to just really welcome you to the show and um, and thank you for being here with us. It's, it's I'm so excited about this interview. Thanks, Jan. I'm really looking forward to it as well. Yeah, so Angela and I met through, a, through an engagement through one of her businesses, through Drumbeats, and I feel like it's one of those divine synchronicities that sometimes you're just brought together for the right reason. And when we were talking about this project we were doing together, we both realised that there was much more that we wanted to talk about, which is why I invited her to come onto Your Freedom Unlimited because Angela has really, she's living her passion, living and living her life um, in a very passionate way with her music. So I'd love for Angela, though, as you know, to wind back, to hear a bit about your backstory, that what brought you to this point here to be able to just, you know, really live your passion and, and to be living something that, that, that you love so much. <laughs> All right. Um... Well, there's many components, so I'll condense it. But um, as as a child, um, I was quite shy, but for some reason I was very comfortable doing puppet shows for my classmates in preschool and, um, and kindergarten. So um, I'd often go and do puppet shows for my, my classmates. Um, and then I, I think probably from the time I was about seven or eight, I knew I wanted to be a musician. Um, 
it was something that that I felt so strongly about. Um, I grew up with my father having his band rehearsals in our garage, and and he was a drummer. He doesn't play anymore, unfortunately. Um, but <clears throat> it was something I really knew that I I had a deep connection to, and. Um, it wasn't until I was 14 that I finally convinced my parents that and I've been wanting to play the flute since I was seven or eight years old. Can I, can I now do it? Um, and um, and I guess the rest is history. From there, really, I, I I kind of went through the grades really quickly because it was something that I was very passionate about. Um, I grew up making music out of anything and everything, and. Um, I, I still remember going and tapping things because I was curious as to to what their sounds were. But um, I think already from a young age, without putting the pieces together, uh, there was an understanding about the power of music and how it can bring people together. And it's such a universal language that we all understand and it can move us to tears and um, it can make you angry if you, <laughs> if you let it. Um, it can make you feel really elated and, and you just want to dance and um, there's so many amazing things about music for me so um, and rhythm in particular and and um, and then I, I went to uni um, did an honours degree in music um, which really means nothing to me it's a piece of paper <laughs> but as an 18 year old straight out of school you kind of um, was a good way of, of bringing things together and, and at the same time I was um, doing a theatre degree as well. I um, had a scholarship doing that um, and obviously they all work together because as a musician you want to connect with your audience and um, the performance is so much of of the actual show really. Um, you could be an amazing musician but if you haven't found that connection with the notes um, the connection with the audience will only go to a certain level and it's about learning to read your audience on the day, in the moment, mm. um, as to where you're going to take that music and how you're going to perform that music and actually what's needed on the day. Um, and every performance is so different. So um, if you speak to any actor or, or performer, they're going to say, gosh, no, no two shows are the same. My lines might be the same, but <laughs> your audience really influences um, the way you perform. Um, and so again, so then I, I, I finished uni and I started studying opera. And um, when I met my partner, I was contemplating moving to the UK to, um, to see what that future might look like as an opera singer. Um, but realized that I actually don't like to be confined to any structure. <laughs> the training um, channel. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, the training was amazing and um, one of my passions is actually creating new sounds and I actually over the years have found myself in the studios being asked to create the sound of an ancient woman on a hill or um, I've been asked to go and see music specific to different cultures even though I'm not from that culture but there was something about the way I was, I guess I'm able to feel the sound and feel the connection that perhaps led me into those positions. But um, the training for opera was fabulous because it sort of grounded everything and brought it all together and um, it was able to, you know, help the way I sung jazz or help the way I, I created new sounds or 
well, such it, it was it's such a classical training i think opera my understanding would be it'd be quite yeah. a classical training so you're sort of you're learning some of those sort of i guess in many ways ancient techniques and i'd love to hear more about that but i, I just to pick up on what you said earlier um you made that comment that if you're not connecting with the notes then the audience can't and i know that um in when i've been facilitating groups and, and there's a definitely a saying that the group can only go to the level of the the person who's least vulnerable in terms of connection inside a group and i hear a sort of a similarity with what you're saying with the music if you mm. if you're not as the musician really feeling the note then it's going to be harder for your audience to to really connect with it is, is that a fair thing to say yeah well it sort of brings me to my next point and it's sort of uh partially how we got to to where we are today even with with drum beats and high octave and, and even guy rhythm and, and the team building and so forth um it is to i always say to my clients um what you will get back from your team can only be as clear or as strong as a facilitator yeah. who's leading it and that comes down to an awareness from the facilitator and for me music is just a fabulous analogy for life and the balance of those parts coming together the frequencies um, that are created as a combination of notes and harmonics coming together um, when I was at uni, the one thing I was fascinated by was the lecture, and I can still see myself sitting in that room with the lecturer. I had placed some metal filings on a piece of paper on the top of the piano, and it started playing some chord progressions, and patterns were starting to form from the combinations of the, the, the chords coming, the notes in those chords coming together, and the harmonics. And um, these pieces that have been written that create uh, shapes actually um, at the end of, of the, the, the performance, at the end of that composition. Um, and that has always fascinated me and sound can move through solid objects. Mm -hmm. um, we all know we've all been next to a car that, you know, you, you'll hear the doof doof coming from miles away. <laughs> You're going to feel it coming through the road, like a hundred metres away. <laughs> And then they'll come and, and they're right next to you and you're like, you're in your car going, ah. <laughs> we all know that, you know. Um, <laughs> and that's, or when a plane's coming, um, you know, you hear that before you, you see it or, or the rumbling of the thunder and things in nature as well or the way a whale communicates um, and the whale songs and, and just how important sound is to us as as humans and connection to self connection to our environment and connection to others as well um and in fact drum beats began in such a um i suppose untraditional way uh, my partner was trying to get back onto the tennis circuit as a tennis player and it had multiple injuries and at the time i'd been teaching um, private students flute and um because I'd always grown up with drums, I, I, I played, you know, um, but not too well. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I just remember saying, how about I, I bring some drums onto the tennis court for you? And as you've got the ball machine throwing out those balls at, you know, 110 or 120 kilometers, whatever speed it is, I'm not too sure. But anyway, 
Um, I'll play and let's see if you can get a bit more rhythm in your game because Cameroon's football players actually do dance and drum lessons to get more rhythm in their game. So why don't we give it a go, you know? And, and at the time he'd been going to dance lessons, he was doing salsa dancing. So, and I think he, he dabbled a little bit in some um, African dance as well. So I just went, well, I'll just, you know, let's see what happens, I'll come and play. And and so we did and, and he found that he had so much more rhythm in the game without having to think about it. And then we ran camps for kids, teaching them the rhythm of tennis through drumming and drama. And um, at the time I'd been working at another school teaching children how to read and write and do maths through rhythm actually and getting it into their body. And it was, I suppose it was a bit of an experiment really to, um, <laughs> to actualise a theory that I'd had for such a long time because um, my brother actually struggled at school but um, phenomenal drum kit player, did my head in. Um, but he's a pilot now and, you know, this is a kid who was told in year two by teachers to my parents, you know, this this kid's going to be nothing in life. Um, terrible things that teachers can't say anymore. Um, and Heavens. Oh. Yeah, and so he was so bored and I think I always knew that he was, there was more going on for him. Mm. And, um, you know, he's found his, his way in his, his path, I guess, but... Um, I suppose the, the big juicy bit to the story is just going, what I found is once he started playing the drum kit is that left and right brain coordination, the neural pathways that are developed as a result of that. You know, you've got one limb doing one thing, you've got a hand doing something completely different. And in his case, he would be putting different time signatures together that honestly, as a singer, there's a few times I, I tried to do a few gigs with him, but I, probably because he's my brother as well. And he's like, can you just play? Because there's too much going on. Right now. <laughs> I just, I just want to, <laughs> I can't feel the music because this is so technical. But of course he became a pilot. You know, his brain was geared up for exactly. being able to do all these things. Whereas I'm more of a feeler. Um, and so, you know, it led from one thing to the other and, and literally, there was no business plan when we started. It yes, was... and I'm sorry, and I interrupted you before. So you're going to do the opera singing, yeah. but you bet your partner, you didn't want to be contained. So was that sort of then when this progression of, of other... Well, this kind of happened by by fate, okay? Um, destiny, I guess you call it, is that I met him and I realised, well, I'm not going to the UK anymore because I knew there was something there straight away. And we'd actually met two years prior to, um, to us actually going out actually and, and catching up and um and so it was it's all about timing really um yep. and I just remember thinking very comfortable with this person um <laughs> I don't know where this is going and of course you've got your head and your heart going ah oh, what is this um but that's how it all began and then we had people saying would you like to do our kids birthday party and we said sure so um, we started working with kids and then we did school shows and incredible training for anything working with children because they can read you like nothing I've ever experienced before. <laughs> Toughest <laughs> audience on amazing. earth, I think. Really, aren't, aren't, aren't kids the They really ones? are. And if you can work with groups of children, you can work with anyone. Um, <laughs> and, and that I say in absolute um, what's just completely honoured to have had that experience of working with groups of children to start with because I always loved working with children and I still do. Um, 
we have a lot of fun together, but um, <laughs> I'm sure my own children potentially may grow up and think mum's as mad as anything. But um, <laughs> but I've since met other mums who are happy to go exploring in the bush with their kids or, you know, go and tap it at the park and go, wow, listen to this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it led into the corporate side of things and always had that interest in people and the way they communicate, the way they connect with each other and and obviously the different um, social parameters that we've all grown up with and how that influences the way that we connect with each other, um, connect with ourselves and our environment and, and how that can sometimes um, uh, actually create a little bit of a block for moving forward and creating amazing things. Um, so that's how that led into the corporate side of things and then we did a, a job for the Royal Blind Society. This is almost, you know, 15 to 17 years ago. And it was there that I think things came into play because it was after that experience where we had an audience of people that were from all different backgrounds, um, different ages and different um, degrees of blindness. So from colour blindness to um, night blindness, then to completely being vision impaired, like not being able to see physically with the eyes at all. But what was fascinating about that, and that was yet another theory that had come into practice there at that event, um, the way they communicated through this drumming experience with the rhythm, because some of them couldn't see me, so but they could see me better than I could see with my own two eyes, because it they'd learnt to see with their entire bodies and um, the rhythmic conversations that were happening during that session were so profound and so developed as a result of that that I started to look at frequencies, magnetic fields and started uh, understanding a little bit more about our Indigenous roots as humans and that the fact is we've all got them somewhere um, but it's because of that intuition, that gut instinct, that is why we're here today because we relied on our ancestors being able to know where water was, um, where they were going to find shelter, when a storm was coming. Um, and I'd be able to say to, the, to, to my audience, my clients, was, okay, so we've all been in a situation before where you think of a friend and then the friend calls you, hands up if you've had that experience before. And you say, that's actually the intuition. This is, you know, the body telephone talking here. <laughs> you know? oh, um, and, um, and how important that is actually for our growth and development and so many different levels. And, um, and so it was from there I started using blindfolds in our, in our team building experiences um, as a way of saying to people, Everybody here in the group today is an instruction giver, an instruction taker, um, you're a leader, you're an initiator, you're everything, but we're actually going to create music together and to create music together, we need to listen with our whole being. Mm. And it's nothing airy-fairy going on here. We're talking frequencies and magnetic fields. Um, that is it. And that is going to help you with your intuition. Um, and it's not about being the loudest. It's not about being the fastest. 
it's about being able to hear the people on either side of you and the people behind you to create music because music when you hear that same music to my ears is it's about those notes coming together it's about allowing space in the music for the melodies to be heard um, it's about knowing when when it's time to stop um, it's about allowing the opportunities for the other instruments, melodies, harmonies, rhythms to be heard. And that's what creates a piece of music. And then I started to use this as a way of describing the way a team works together mm. and just saying you could see yourself as the violin player within the team and the orchestra's got 40 violins, but they've only got two tubers. So what would happen if we had 40 tubers? Well, would, we, would it be music to your ears? Would the balance be there? And, well, no. Is there a little <laughs> we bit need the balance. <laughs> yeah, they're too dominating. But with the violins, we need 40 because they're creating the bed of sound. Mm. But mm. they're also creating melodies and rhythm. Mm. And the tuba, in fact, has to be so patient because they can be waiting 200 bars sometimes before they get to make their three notes or four notes or they they have to when their words are heard it's it's perfect within the composition um and so i look at a team as the same way of, of going you might be more like a violin you might be more like a tuba you might be more like the conductor but the fact is we're moving in and out of these roles constantly and sometimes we need to wear the tuba to be heard That's and right. sometimes we need to create the bed of sound as well. Um, but it's about the parts coming together and actually truly listening with our entire being to potentially be able to be moving forward as individuals, but as a team. But it takes acknowledging that before we can move forward. But I normally find at the end of the blindfold session, everyone's so relaxed. And, and the other thing I'll say to them is I want you to finish together if you need some help, we'll help you. And there have been times where we, <laughs> we do have to help um, because it could keep going. Um, but they look at me weirdly to say, how are we going to finish together? We can't see each other. And I just say, you'll know when it's time to finish. And I often make a little joke of it and say, well, if you're the last one, they're going, da -da -da! and you can't hear anyone else. Well, you know. Potentially that's the time. Team, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and I even have used that in, in teaching even like orchestra in my classroom is to help teachers recognize that balance as well with mm. with the children and just going you are going to have children who are definitely going to be more tubers but when you're working with a child how do you give that tuba their moment because they want to be they want to be loud all the time they want to be heard yeah yeah they really want to be heard but how about if we try saying to them all right what instrument do you think you are today? Not tomorrow could be different, right? right? But right now, what instrument do you feel like? Such and then a, it's such a journey, isn't it, into self-awareness. What you're talking about here is that awareness of self, that intuition, and but then also that connection with the team or the community. So corporately, it's a community, you know, or in a, in a family situation. I mean, there's so many analogies for what you're, you're talking about. I'm just... I'm loving it, but it, when you boil it down to it's how this music becomes this teacher for us in such a powerful mm -hmm. way. It just it shows us things that we couldn't do on our own. And I, 
in the I've done the the blindfold drumming with your with your group not with you but with your team and it is it's a really interesting experience because you've got to listen have got to listen with your whole body and then you've got to also there's a time when you think well my voice needs to be heard and then pulling it back and it's really fascinating it's a fascinating experience you're really onto something I think with that <laughs> um we've been doing it since that day actually and um, the largest group of people I've had blindfolded was, I think it was about 800. Oh, wow. 800 people. Um, and that's pretty cool because it's the same thing that happens each time, which was also for me and my, I suppose, that side of me that's like, oh, I wonder if they're all going to lock into that rhythm I hear every single time at the beginning. And is this something that's innate within our human um dna you know what's going on here why do they lock into that rhythm and and it happened you know there's this like rumble it did it did it was this rumble of 800 people and of course i was a bit nervous thinking oh, is this gonna work today um and then angela don't have you having thoughts like that you've actually got to really be present and um well i know that the people i work with are also my friends and i'm just saying to them i actually need you to be focused when this is happening. It's not a time to sort of go and check your text messages because they're blindfolded. <laughs> you actually <laughs> need space. to be, yeah, hold the space and um, you really need to be present here. And um, that makes a massive difference mm. as well. And it's that intention, you know, and, and that's the other thing I'll say to them. It's just like, at the end of the day, it's your intent that allows this to happen. Because if you don't have an intent for anything you do in life, um, you kind of kind of end up missing so much you colour. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you really do. And and the missing intent. what is that's really most important. And I mean, the science is actually really in on intention now. I'm not sure if you've seen any of Lynn McTaggart's work, but she's gone from being a, a very uh, sceptical journalist to actually mm -hmm. completely understanding the power of intention and running global intention experiments. So yeah, how beautiful that you, yes, it's that setting that intention that with, with the music and the, the team building as well. Yeah, there, it's um, it's so wonderful to be living in a in a in a time when you do have um, professionals who have either got you know psychiatrists, um, science degrees, um, whatever it happens to be, but in that sort of um, uh, academia mm -hmm. um, that are actually having these experiences that are then making it possible for people to rather than go you know kind of brush things off as oh, i must be imagining things to just go oh well actually science is now starting to be able to prove that this and this lead to this and my daughter said something really cool the other day and um they have to do these tests at school and she said to me it was a question which i still it's stuck in my head and it makes me laugh they had a um a multiple choice and the multiple choice was, and I'm trying to remember it correctly, but it was something along the lines of the boy is bigger than the house. A, unlikely, B, impossible or definitely not. And I think C was probable. And Elka said, well, they don't have the answer there that, that it could be. And she said, it's possible. And, um, and she said, what would you say? And I would say, I think it's possible. And then we looked at the answers and it was, absolutely not <laughs> and she said and then her words were well mom 
just because something hasn't been proven doesn't mean it doesn't exist, right? And I said, exactly. <laughs> and it was a, it was a, a, you know, like a proud mama moment of just going, yes. <laughs> Not fitting in. She's, she's, she's thinking for herself. <laughs> well, then we, then we were talking, you know, and I just said, well, we take so many things in this world for granted. And, and um, obviously with, you know, COVID, for example, I said to her, well, it's only been 100 years since the doctor who suggested washing hands before surgery made that suggestion. And he ended up in a mental hospital because he'd been ostracised and deregistered as a doctor as a result of saying, wash your hands. And I said, mm. it's very common sense, right? And wasn't it wasn't uncommon for, you know, someone to go on and do a surgery after they'd been on the farm and they'd come in with their dirty boots. And, you know, mm. this is the kind of stuff we take for granted. And, um, you know, and even if you just look at the way a family operated, the dad who'd been out on the farm all day got the bath first and then the baby got the bath last. And is it common sense? No, that's right. No. Oh, yeah. um, Aeroplanes, oh, my goodness. Um, how much <laughs> criticism went into, you're crazy, that's not going to happen. Get your head out of the clouds. And it's like, well, I've actually got my head in the clouds. That's why I'm here right now. Um, so many things we take for granted these days that, a part of our life and um and that is something you know i think that became even even more obvious during COVID, actually and just going gosh there's been some some fabulous um inventions you know like the computer the internet um how we've been able to function and, and still have communication with people as a result of that but i can't help but question um if we were still able to connect into who we really are and what we're really capable of as human beings does that internet actually exist on another level mm. in terms of being able to communicate when you look at what happens when you think about a friend and then they call you yep and you have this inner knowing that something's happening and and you either act if you feel strong enough to act or you just brush it off and just think you're going crazy. Um, I think if I'd done that all my life, I probably would have had quite a number of car accidents, to be honest. <laughs> so, you know, there's, you there's you times I know. To, you, do you mean if you hadn't listened to the sign or the, the message that you got? Yeah, totally. I still remember the day I had my first car accident. Um, I had a feeling I shouldn't have been driving down that road. And mm. I was, you know, young and, and just had my licence. And also, you know, as you get older, um, hope, I hope I've gotten wise up it, <laughs> but obviously there's different perspective on things, right? That's um, and, um, and so I've learned to trust those instincts, that intuition even more. And, um, I, I guess working with children, working with adults, um, both through education of, of children and then education with corporate, um, I think the thing that really stands out to me is that no matter how prepared I am for a session, at the end of the day, I have to work with what I've got in front of me. Yeah, and it's, and that, it's that alchemy of the, the, the audience. You mentioned this sort of earlier, you know, the audience is always different every day and so you have a different experience. And it is, it's that, that alchemy, isn't it, of those people coming into your space and then what you are creating energetically with them. And 
just to pick up on on what you've said yes i think there is a whole other level of communication and capability that we've got that we're still uh yet to explore and you know i was anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while knows that i'm all about sound and vibration and frequency and i think a lot of that information is stored in the unseen in the energetic field um, yeah. it's our job well it's not a job but it's our opportunity to tap into that through our intuition that's sort of the doorway through and just to bring it back to your journey mm. you, you know you it's interesting if you've spoken you said i had a few i had a theory you know about your partner and his tennis game and the rhythm and then i had a theory it's interesting these are sort of intuitive things that to me you've allowed to drop in that have then actually by listening to your intuition they've then opened the door to success in what you're doing by you listening to that they've allowed you to move forward and to make music your your business as well as well as your your love your your business love as well is that a fair thing to say yeah definitely um i think for me it's about it's passion actually and so for me my i suppose if i'm going to say a tool in terms of connecting with groups of people is is through music however um the passion could be for anything really. Um, that just happens to be the tool I'm using as a way of, of bringing people together because that's, that's I suppose, what I know. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it actually comes down to, you know, what's what's the intent? And I know when when Rob and I started drum beats, it was actually racket beats to start with as racket, tennis racket, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and drumming and rhythm basically. Um, and our, our like little slogan is rhythm is life um but essentially i think what that came down to was um it was a passion to to be able to connect with people on another level and i just remember the two of us sitting down one day and just going well i don't want to be teaching flute for the rest of my life um and he's like i don't want to be teaching tennis for the rest of my life i'm just like there's more there's more for me than than this and in fact i don't I don't want to be performing for some manager also for my life either. Um, and I just remember us sitting there and just going, you know, wouldn't it be great if we were able to do something with people that was able to expand the way that they were together and the way they communicated together at the same time, helping them to recognise the importance of acceptance and how a team moves forward once that that's been acknowledged and and also for for kids as well you know everyone just wants to be heard and and this is pretty much how it came about because i think the two of us just went oh, I, there's no way i can see myself in an office job and um mm. or or you know even if i'd become a doctor for example i wouldn't have lasted like i, I couldn't last in the classroom because there's too many too many walls where I'd be thinking to myself, I mean, Alan, what actually got me out of flute teaching in the in the first place was I had this little eight-year-old, you know, learning flute and he asked if he could not play in the band anymore. And um and I said, Well, I can't make the decision, but let's let's see what we can do. And unfortunately I was told, no, you can't teach him without him being part of the band. And and I thought to myself, gee, if I could have just had this child for one term and just done a program for this child, um, we would have potentially had the confidence then to be able to go and, and play the band. And I suppose because mm -hmm. music for me is just such a, 
exhilarating experience and it, it's not something, you know, the times I would go in to do a session with adults and I'd have people saying, I've been told I was tone deaf, I've got no rhythm and the anxiety people would be having once they realised they've got these drums, there would be people who would found out beforehand they're doing this and went and got drumming lessons a month beforehand they were so anxious about being part of this and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, for me, music is God, you know. This is like connection. This is where I feel completely and absolutely in love. You know? <laughs> How can we be doing this and not to children? Um, and that is that is how, you know, it all, it all began was with me just going, uh, actually, the, the limitations within systems was driving me nuts. Mm. And I would have found that across anything I think I would have done, whether it had been medicine or science. And, and even hearing my own child saying to me, I want to be a, a scientist. And I'm just thinking, we'll see how long that lasts for if you're in the industry with the, you know, it can take 10 years to get your theory across. <laughs> it's so big. Um, there's so much red tape to go through. And I suppose this is my way of just going, let's just do it, you know. <laughs> Definitely. We can do it. Um, do it on your it terms. Certain... Yeah. Well, not just my terms. Do it on on the terms for each individual, what feels mm. right for them yep. as opposed to what's right for me. But it's also about working within the systems we have because the systems are important as well. But finding ways to work within those systems that actually allow that creativity yeah. for people. And that's because, what you're really, yeah, that's what you're really doing. You're opening the door, showing people how to be creative and to deal with their anxieties. I mean, I, it's interesting, I, you know, before we came on, on to record, I've talked to you about that, you know, I've experienced anxiety and many people do about different things. Mm. And they, there's this whole driving urge to, to show up and, you know, to be as perfect as we can rather than stepping back into that playfulness of the child and, that to me is what you're offering is you're offering that bridge into how music can be fun, but then how music is this great teacher for the, for other parts of our lives and how we can operate in a community. And yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, we do have systems we have to work in, but you're, you're allowing creativity to blossom and people to, to really understand who they really are in many ways. I really think it comes down to the way we look at things and our perspectives on the way that we interpret as well because um like even even say for example um when i was teaching flute and i would give the children examples of of you know the same piece of music being played by two or three different people and and just say to them which one do you feel most connected to and then ask them why and it, it comes down to that performer's connection where they become the note literally um, and I, one of the, the lessons that has stuck really with me for my life with my opera teacher, in fact, was when he said to me, you will know you are breathing properly because you will feel every hair on your body standing up when you go to breathe. And um, having had that experience a few times, I just went, yes, I know what you're talking about now. And it's not just about the breath, it's the connection to becoming that note and mm. um, I used to frustrate my flute teacher a lot actually <laughs> being such a sort of a, an intuitive person 
often rhythm and, and so forth would just come, the rhythm that was written on the page would come, you know, the day before the exam or it had come at the exam and I'd still have the teacher saying, I don't know how you managed to get that mark, but you did. And I just said, well, you know, I rise to the occasion. Um, but in the meantime, it was important for me to, to experience the song my way. And, and if it means altering the rhythm slightly because that's how I'm feeling it, then that's it, you know. Um, I'll play what they want, but this is how I get into the, the sound. And it's a music art. I just don't understand how we can place marks or judgment on something like that because it is so personal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, it really and, is. And um, it's part of the human nature is that we want to analyse to get an answer, but the actual, the, it comes down to you're either feeling it or you're not. Right. <laughs> and that's the difference, isn't it? That's when we're moved, when the musician is feeling it. That's when we're sit if we're sitting in an audience, that's when we're moved. You know, that's when we we feel it because they're feeling it at that at that depth. Mm. Yeah, it's just just so beautiful. And so you there's a few things that you've done which kind of very interest me in your work. You've been you've talked to me a little bit about body percussion. And is that mm -hmm. something that you've developed or how, how's that come into the work that you've been, because that's using our own physical bodies to start creating yeah. music, not just an instrument. So, and you've got beautiful instruments stuff for the, we're recording this. So please what, come watch this episode on YouTube. Angela's got this incredible, actually perhaps you might want to explain that instrument behind you. And then we might talk a bit about body percussion. <laughs> Cause I love it. Okay. So like I was saying before, for me, everything is music sounds are you know hear it in in the gravel or hear it in a bus going past i mean i've actually even done um music for a bathroom company where we used the bathroom products as the instruments and um and they used it for their promo and um and ikea at one stage i was there at the shop one of their main 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 shops um playing the shop actually um and so this instrument I've got here is actually a council cleanup. Um, it's an old clothes rack with some pots and pans. Um, I've got some measuring cups there and, and a baking dish. And um, it's literally a bit of fun for kids. Um, we've made a few instruments for preschools where um, they're actually sound installations. Um, they look beautiful but we've also incorporated things like um, beautiful posts like Merbel or hardwood posts, always from plantation timber, I might add, <laughs> with things from Council Cleanup. Um, wow. For kids to go and experiment and also growing things out of them. So we called it Fine Play Grow um, and teaching children about someone else's rubbish is your treasure. What can you do with it? Um, I recently did a little um, a competition video for a, a house home company. I won't say who they are, but they're a, a, you know, a big home company. And they're running a competition for kids around um, using things from the recycling bin to make your dream home. And um, I only had three days to do it. And I just remember saying to my partner, I said, look, Rob, <laughs> I'm going to inspire 
by the kids. I've got to make something because he, he was there and he said, are you actually going to make a house? And I said, yeah, I am actually going to make a house that I can stand in and kind of rustled up the neighbours and said, who's got cardboard boxes in their garage? Because we don't have a lot of cardboard boxes here. Um, and got, got happy with the tape gun and, um, well, dare I say that the house is still in our house because my two-year-old thinks it's her house and likes to play shops in it. <laughs> she would love it. We had a fabulous time ripping up magazines and um, decorating it and using egg cartons as window sills and, and paper plates as decoration and folding up um, newspaper as the, the tiles and creating shingles and things like that. And, and we had a really great time together making this. But I think at the end of the day, um, like I was saying to you before, that passion and inspiration goes into everything. You know, it goes in the way you communicate with people, maybe in a conversation with friends where someone's down and you're just saying, why are you feeling like that? Like, I know you can do it, but why aren't you knowing you can do it? Mm. Like, all these things, there's a series of events here that have proven you're very capable of doing this, but at the moment you can't see that. And it's that, you know, it's that passion of, yeah, sure, I'll make a house out of cardboard. <laughs> I've never done it before. But <laughs> and often quite a lot of our shows are like that. It's a, a situation where... Someone will say, can you do this? And that's how Gaia Rhythm Events evolved as well because I have a client, um, Makita Power Tools had contacted us and said, we've got our 100-year anniversary coming up and we want to do the drums. And, and I said, sure, but you're Makita Power Tools. We could be using brackets, screws. What, what products have you got? Let me into your shop. Let me have a look. And so we created a whole show for them where we had... Um, uh, the sound was, um, I guess, like the uh, the layering of sound came from the hum of the blowers, the mower, the chainsaw, and it was through there I was hearing the harmonies and the melodies. And funnily enough, a lot of power tools are in G minor. Oh, interesting. <laughs> really? Really funny. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm there kind of experimenting, singing different notes and what's going to work harmonically with this blower um and so we created a whole show for them using their tools and i there was a, a one of the performers in the show was a chainsaw juggler and so he was juggling the chainsaws and then he broke a, a guinness world book of records on the day where he's cutting apples out of his mouth with the chainsaw and um i was working with parkour performers and um you know those big blue food storage containers and we had overalls and it was so much fun. I love doing that show, but that's that's Gaia rhythm, you know. It's like, what can we create? And it was the same with Bunnings, which was a drum beat show, but the same when I was just like, sure, I can do two and a half thousand drums, but it's gonna sound terrible. And um being perfectly honest with you, I can actually make a lot more profit if I get you two and a half thousand drums by but how about we use things off the shelf? <laughs> and we can create, we can orchestrate it so we have different sounds and, and sort of balanced out how many plastic sounds I wanted to metal sounds and um, obviously we wanted more plastic to brackets because it's a, a much more um, a harsher sound than the plastic. 
the um, versus the violin kind of scenario really isn't it it totally is and it sounded awesome and then we got them doing the body percussion as well and the body percussion is literally just you know using your body to make sound You know, you can do whatever. Um, but Fantastic. When, I love you know, it. It works. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is just one contraption that came about from a client's request of, can you do instruments from junk? Mm. Oh, well, of course. I haven't done it before. But, yes, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Give it a go. And, and that's, that's truly how it's all happened. Yeah, because there's something in here, though, that I want to just tease out a little bit. Um, yeah. So definitely I agree passion but there's something else here that you've got that i think is part of your secret source that i really want to highlight and it's this built this this innate self-belief and that you can give it a go you might not know you've never done it before we've got the, the bunnings the two and a half thousand drums you do various th projects that you've just shared with us but you have got this innate yep i'll give it a go you've got a you've got a belief in yourself and i think that's that's to me one of the things when i think about you know what this podcast is about what we're trying to encourage what i'm wanting to encourage people to do is you know step into their passion step into their power it's this this element of self-belief can you talk to that a little bit a little bit at all do you know in terms of have you noticed that about yourself you know you've got this self-belief let's give it a go or is it again something so innate in you that you don't notice that you just do it <laughs> um, i um that's an interesting question because i I think the potential as as humans as as a planet is so profound mm. um and i think it does come down to self-belief but it's an interesting one even as you say like how comfortable do i feel feel with that word of self-belief and just thinking well obviously it's there because this isn't the first time people have said this to me as you have just now um but do I get nervous? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do I have self-doubt? Absolutely. <laughs> um, when I say to my friends, I can't think of anything worse than going into a, a crowded shopping centre or, um, or a party with lots of people and they'll say to me, what, you? You're like, you know, the life of the party. And I'm just like, oh, man. I will stay at home at any time. It's like, but you get up and you perform. And I said, yes, but that's different. I'm separate to the audience. <laughs> I've got my space. <laughs> um, and I said, but get me into the crowd. And I said, I'm very uncomfortable. Um, I can't hear people talking. And, and I do like to connect with people individually. And, and for me, it's almost like I, I feel like I'm... I can be using my time more effectively. <laughs> so, you know, someone said to me, I mean, if someone had said years ago this COVID was going to hit, um, I know this is a roundabout way as to answering the question here, but if someone had said three years ago, this is what's going to happen in the world and countries are going to go into lockdown and you'll be wearing masks and all these things are going to happen. And I'd be thinking, come on, what conspiracy theory have you been listening to? Um, this sounds really out there, but obviously it's not and it's happened. And obviously there's a whole heap of theories around 
why it's happened as well. Um, but essentially, I've actually enjoyed being with my family. <laughs> mm, there's an upside to the downside. There really is. Um, there's been this real um, ability to actually reframe the way our business works mm. and to, to have a look at the way that we want to be um, uh, connecting with our clients, actually. Um, for me, whenever I write music, it's because it's for a project. It's for... It's for a job I've got coming up, you know. Um, you know, I'll be frantically writing a song or or doing something like that. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it actually just comes down to, gosh, I've got to get this piece of music written. I've got one week, and I need this music for this particular act because it doesn't exist until I've written it, and I don't want to use someone else's music. Um, and so I think that's really what it comes down to in terms of that that self-belief. It's about getting on with it. Yep. And, and just I'll thinking, wonder, how are we going to do it? Yeah, that's right, and getting on with it. But I want to ask what happens in your brain when because you have beautifully said, yes, I still get self-doubt, I still get nervous and so on. Mm. What happens that helps you cross that threshold? <laughs> All right. That is what's the worst thing that could happen? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and... Um, I'm also a very practical person, so I'll always kind of look at both sides here um, before making the decisions, but it is truly a gut instinct. Um, yeah. it, is, it is an understanding of, as humans, we have ego, and in fact, we need it to function here. We do. Um, it's part of, and it's acceptance of, of that. And just going, Angela, your ego right now is doubting this ability to, to go what if people don't like it? What if, um, what if I make a terrible mistake or I hit the wrong note? What if? And then it's it's just a, a reality of just going, you've never written music by the book and you never will. You write it by the way it feels and what feels mm. right. And it's the same with the lyrics and best information will come at two o'clock in the morning. Um, best information comes when I'm, I'm in the bush. Um, I challenged myself years ago and did the Oxfam 100-kilometre walk and I did it twice because I wanted to, I wanted to embody what it, it felt like really to have mind over matter because I'm not an athlete. Um, I do like exercise but, but I'm not an athlete um, and I never have been an athlete. And for me it was actually if you can do this, you can do anything. Yeah. Beautiful. And I also wanted to get more of an understanding as to what it must feel like for people when they're forced to do that. And that's always something that's fascinated me actually is as humans, that ability to pull things out of nowhere that you didn't know you had in you. And as, mm. as a mom, I tell you what, I will become an athlete if I need to stop my child from running off the edge of a cliff, you know. Mm. Suddenly mm. I've become a 100-metre sprinter. That's right. <laughs> Have. And, and we've all got it, you know. There's there's times there, and I, every time I do a performance, I rely on that ability to be able to be in the moment to to save a situation, literally. Because there's times when I think it's going to fail, and then once I step out of the ego and I, I literally look at it from a, a bird's eye view, it's like I've completely stepped out and I'm looking up as though I was in a plane, and. Um, and I know what to do. 
And I can see the dynamics within the team or within that classroom or within the situation or the conversation. And it's about creating a situation where people can feel comfortable and to be heard. And I think that's probably where the self-belief, but the understanding that we're all working together on this and that mm -hmm. I just happen to be facilitating it yep. at that given moment. Yeah. But my job as a facilitator, as a performer, is actually around um, recognising and valuing every single person, every single living thing. Mm. And I think that's potentially the point of difference. It's more just that I understand and feel so strongly about that, that we, we all have a right to be here, everything. And um, we all have a right to be heard. That's right. And we're all of value. You were all of value. Absolutely. Everything. Yeah. You know, during COVID, um, we've got a beautiful... Um, bushwalk here that I, you know, I've been doing for forever. Um, but what's happened is, which is great, more people are getting out and exercising, but mountain bike riders have come in and cut trees down with the chainsaws to make their track easier. Mm. And this sort of thing is the sort of thing I think, you know, that really, really does upset me. And even just talking about it, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to start crying because mm. uh, this is, this is our, um, this is our problem didn't expect this to happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and this is our issue in the world is we think we know everything, but if we could just stop and recognise that we are all part of the same thing, we would not have wars, we would not have fights, we would not be in this situation we're in right now. We would actually be working together to... Mm. That life could be so much more amazing and um yeah i was not expecting to, <laughs> to tear up over that but obviously i i feel it even more than i recognized is is when i see that sort of thing happening and um when i i see a, an us and them when i hear the word indigenous as well and i i think it's not us and then we're all responsible for for what's going on in this planet we're all we're all responsible for ourselves but we're all responsible for for all of us you know like we we're in this together and that's actually one of the messages that keeps coming up with COVID we're in this together but do really people understand what being in this together means mm. oh look you I know? agree oh, look I, I I think you're exactly right it's 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 a calling on us I think COVID's been a calling on us at a much deeper level than any of us realize and it's you're right we are all in this together and we are I completely agree with you we're, we're, we've got to take care of everyone in this process and I completely align with you around the tears over the trees we at the end of our street we had this majestic poinciana and it, it got cut down and I was in tears around that and I went as it was being done I said can you do anything to stop this so I completely um, feel you on the trees and and I guess I did want to talk a bit, a little bit about COVID because you, you're in Sydney in Australia and you've been in mm. a very long lockdown now, incredible heroicism from every, for everyone there in terms of what you've done. And I guess there's, there's been some downsides, obviously a lot of downsides to COVID, but before we started recording, you talked about some of the upsides and, and there's a beautiful project that I wanted you, wanted if you could share with us that you 
did that I think has been, you know, a beautiful outcome of COVID from what I've heard from your perspective? Sure. Um, well, obviously, beside being with my family and mm. <laughs> and um, and just being able to be together, um, I had a school contact us about doing a, an online um, percussion with the girls, actually, and it was a, a girls' school, high school. And um, as we were talking, and they've got a very inspirational story as to how it all all began, and, the, and their founder actually um, was was very forward thinking um, all those years ago, and um, really worked from intuition, to be honest, um, for the greater good of, of humanity and work through compassion. And um, knowing a bit about that story, I found, you know, doing some research as well, and I found myself thinking, this school, we need a song for this, because at the best of times, connecting with a group of high school students who are going through change and awkwardness and, and so forth, even when they're with me, it's not the easiest thing to do. It's, it is a very... Um, challenging audience to work with and so I thought wow I'm going to be online <laughs> um, that was another thing that had happened with doing things online was how am I going to be able to connect with my audience they're not in the same space but then another theory of mine was proven where it was you know I often say to people you don't need to be in the same space to actually have the connection with people it's actually the intent and the thought and um, actually found I had a stronger connection with people when they were in their own spaces. Um, and so that was pretty cool. When that happened, I went, wow. And then the, because when you're working online, you don't look at yourself on the screen. You're looking into the camera to make sure you're connecting with your audience. So it was then when I was looking back at the footage afterwards that I was kind of, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. This is so beautiful. Like, wow. Um, and, and was just seeing that just incredibleness in people, you know. Anyway, so I thought with these girls, I need to write a song. I need a song that's going to be something they'd hear on the radio, a pop song, a dance song, something that's going to inspire them, we can do a dance to. So I ended up writing the song and I, I called it Born to Shine and there was no, um, there was no sort of a, thoughts beforehand about what it was going to be called it was just it just came to me and as I was kind of playing around with sounds and and so forth and the lyrics just kind of started to come and it became born to shine I thought wow that's right what an appropriate title for a song and actually the lyrics are all about we have been like it's a it's an honor it's a privilege to be here to be having this experience and guess what guys We've been born to shine, like we're here to shine. We actually are. <laughs> we are. And um, yeah, we are. And it's like, Angela, you're going to have to step into this. Like, even though there's part of you going, oh, I don't want people thinking, you know, I've got a big head or anything. But it's actually, the, the song ended up having this message about, I know this is a tough time for a lot of people, but actually, we're born to shine. We, we actually really are. There's so much opportunity for us and we've just got to kind of look at our mindset as a bit of a jigsaw puzzle that just haven't quite found the right spot to go in yet until the jigsaw is completed. Um, 
And, you know, that's just an image I'm getting as I'm talking to you. It's just like, yes, it's that jigsaw puzzle. It's that understanding of all the parts coming together, like that piece of music, like, you know, the trees and the way that they grow, like everything in its perfect balance of male and female energies, um, male and female components, you know, it's all that balance and um that's you know that's that's how that song came about was um yeah it was a it was a big job and a long job and got bigger and bigger as the project went on and <laughs> we, we committed more and more to to doing it but it actually was um it was never about I suppose the financial side of that job um because it was something inside of me that was driving me mm. to do that song um and that just happened to be the opportunity to, to go, hey, Angela, what do you think about this? Sort of like going, you know, almost this is a get this message from upstairs saying, what do you think about this one, Angela? And me just going, yeah, sure, why not? And then <laughs> what? I've got one week to write the song. I've got to then get in with a producer and I still have to get it engineered. Oh, that's cute. And I can't get into a recording studio. So um let's turn the walk-in wardrobe into a recording studio and do what I can and I don't even have a proper recording mic I've just got my performance microphone which is completely different and um all right then let's go and so that's what happened and then I've only just done a remix of the song and um I've chosen to record in my wardrobe again because I like being in the wardrobe (laughs) So much fun, actually, and I'm just like, and then I looked at it and I just went, "Hey, you've got a really good balance here, you know. One side's my clothes, the other side's Rob's clothes. My side's a little bit fuller than his side, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll record with the microphone facing in towards my clothes because that'll create a nice buffer. <laughs> Going to pull mattresses off the day beds and um, put the carpets in the in the in the walk-in robe and tell Rob to take the kids out while I'm just recording this bit. And, and it was, honestly, it was so much fun that I don't think I'll, I really ever want to go back to recording in a studio. You've created your own homegrown recording studio. I, I just love it. And how did the girls, what a fantastic story. And we're going to, I'd love to hear the, we're we're going to play the song as part of the podcast. I'm not sure exactly how you do that, Angela, but um, how did the girls that you were, working within the school how did they respond how did they engage did they what did they think of it well it definitely brought energy to the to the online session with them mm-hmm. um and we opened every session with that song so until everyone had logged on and then i would tell them about what we were going to be doing and obviously it was talking with enthusiasm and excitement and um you know, one one session online was like doing three performances in a row because you really, you really work, you know, mm. uh, sweating and, you know, it's never, never a dull moment. Um, but it definitely lifted the energy of the session in terms of getting the girls to dance around. Um, so there was some movements that I taught them to go with the song, um, and then because we'd been recording their, their parts, I actually asked them to turn up with things like spoons, a pair of thongs, a pair of sneakers, 
and we made music and then we, we were able to layer some of that over. And I, I did another one with the boys' school that were really into sports and it was their lower, lower primary school, I'm sorry, upper primary school. And for them, I said, all right, no, no problems. Like we'll make music out of soccer balls, tennis balls. They, they love sport. Absolutely awesome. And, um, and so, you know, we used soccer balls and, um, and basketballs and <laughs> whatever, you know, footballs, whatever they, um, they wanted. So um, it was actually about finding the connection with them. But because they were high school girls, it was more the song. Whereas with those boys, it was um, using what they were passionate about. And because we had the Olympics during the lockdown, it was great to say, you know, let's do a body percussion made up of a combination of swimming and and soccer and, and the cool things the boys were coming up with, like with the basketballs where they'd, you know, um, throw from one hand to the next, they were boom, 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 up and through the arms, you know, cool stuff. Mm. Um, so that was just, you know, the tool to connect with those girls at the end of the day. But it's certainly when you listen back to the comments at the Zoom session going, this is fun, this is fun, that's a good song, I like it, it makes me want to dance. For me was a you know a success great awesome. job done job it's done the job and it mm. wasn't just about the school it was about providing something to be um giving those girls an uplifting experience because uh you know a lot of people have found this a very lonely time mm. um it's been a you know a test of of for people as to how much do i need people around me and how much am i happy in my my mm. own space but i actually think if we had a little bit more emphasis emphasis on this in in schooling about being who you are <laughs> being being the most amazing angela you could be being the most you know amazing jennifer you can be but it's actually about acknowledging that you are jennifer and you're going to do things jennifer yeah. style and i know even with you know with with students they might say oh i'm never going to be able to play as good as you can and I say, you're right, you actually never will play as good as I can because you'll only be able to play as good as you can. That's right, in your <laughs> style, in your in style. In your style, you know, like, and for my daughter, Elka, I'll say, Elka, you'll never be able to do what I can do and because you're not me and I can't do what you can do in Elka style. It's you. So, you know, we work on being the most Elka-ish Elka. I love it. I love it. And, and it's ex yeah, it's exactly exactly the thing, isn't it? It's about stepping in and owning who you really are and loving who you really are and expressing that out to the world. That's what it's yeah. all about, isn't it? Yeah. I love it. And you really made that happen for those girls. And I think that song will be such a message for them moving forward. It's just just incredible. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, I found it like a the completely selfish reason as well. I made it happen for me too. I enjoyed every moment of it. <laughs> but it's about finding that enjoyment. And sometimes it's from the hardest things that you can, you find, the, I, I, for me personally, I found the most awesome um, outcomes. So it's yes. like, oh, I really don't want to do this job. I really don't want to be doing things for this company. And then just thinking, oh, actually, you probably really need to do something for this company because maybe they can make. You know, it's here for a reason. I'm definitely believe from it. another perspective. Um, That's it. That's it. And and tough. You know these tough. You know, COVID certainly has brought up all of that in terms of 
more difficult how do you communicate how do you engage in the online and but every opportunity everything that comes up yes it is an opportunity to to jump in and give it a go isn't it or to pull back a bit and well yeah, of course not that choice but giving it a yeah. go I think, is what and you trusting mm. trusting your decisions yeah like for me it's been a good a really good opportunity to really step into my own and just go oh I don't know about this decision. Um, it's not really fitting in right now, mm. but it feels right for me and I actually have no explanation as to why yeah. I'm doing this, except I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, beautiful. You know, I'm listening. And, and that's, and I, I just feel we, we certainly wouldn't be in this position if as a whole we have been listening. Yeah, that's right. But it's it's kind of... To me, it's like listening to a piece of music with broken speakers. Mm. You know, it's crackling. You don't get the sound. You just actually want to walk away from it because, and you actually miss the essence of the song. And and I, I see so many things like that, you know. It's like, you know well, that can make the song, you know, sound like it's, it's being played in black instead of a beautiful teal, teal blue, you know. Exactly. It really changes things. Um, so this gets so, back yeah. down. This really does get back down to this whole notion of choice, isn't it? The fact that we yeah. can choose, we, we can choose the frequency that we're going to to um, to resonate at. We can be happy or we can be sad. You know, we can we can choose to 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 give something a go or we can walk away from it. But there's always mm. a lesson in, in moving forward. So. Angela, I've just loved our conversation today. We could we could talk, I think, for hours. I know we already have and we, we will again. Yeah. But I just want to say thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself, but also your your own self in terms of how you have really stepped into Angela and how you are really how you were shining. And you definitely were born to shine. I want to hear we'll be hearing that song, I think, is to take us out. But just in terms of, thank you so much for sharing with us in terms of your your own process and how you have continually stepped in, how you've listened to your intuition, you've you've said, I'll give it a go and trusting yourself, you know, building that self-trust and, and trusting the bigger picture as well. And with those sorts of approaches to life, I think that's, that's certainly how we can live our best and our, our freest life. I, so I just want to say thank you so much. I'm not sure if there's anything you want to say in closing before we before you take us out with this song, but please just over to you for some closing words. Well, thank you to you, Jen, for the opportunity to to have this this conversation together, but also um, the opportunity of of almost showing me a mirror in a way to just go. Well, sometimes when you're put on the spot to do these these sorts of interviews. You actually learn a lot about yourself um, and today I certainly have learned a lot about myself but uh, I think in terms of leaving with some words of inspiration for people is is um, obviously I'm, I'm Angela and you are who you are but the most important thing for all of us is to remember that we we're all worthy we all have incredible capabilities we're all incredibly connected with each other and with everything in our environment, even though we may think we're not. And we're all very vulnerable as well. Mm. And out of the vulnerability becomes humbleness and beauty. 
And it's when we recognise that and we acknowledge that we have such a palette of emotions, of experiences, that it's like walking into a room and the lights being turned on for the first time when you put it into that sort of analogy. And um, we actually are all born to shine. And I just happen to be delivering the message right now. <laughs> the fact is you are also delivering that message in your own unique way to you. Um, and it's important that even when you do have self-doubt is to ask yourself, where's this coming from? And, and to think about it from that perspective of, of um, it's from there that the, that the real, uh, shall I say, the real music and the real colour begins. So <laughs> we, we, all, we all have so much potential. Um, and, um, well, I, I have every moment to, to discover that potential. And if I was to be interviewed in another year's time, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of my mouth then. <laughs> Well, I definitely, it's such a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, well, I definitely will be having you in another year's time because it'll be interesting to see what, what's happened with Born to Shine. I know you're going to be putting it out. Um, I want to actually, before we close, um, in a beautiful closing words, before we close, I just want to just ask if you could share with us where you would like people to connect with you. We'll put, sure. we'll put a lot of links in the show notes to the podcast, but I just want to say if there's one place you'd love people to connect with you, to learn more about you, to connect with your music, to connect with you from, you know, from the drum beats or higher octave perspective, where would you like to send people to? Well, from a metaphysical perspective, all you need to do is have the thought. True. <laughs> we'll, be talk we'll be talking. Um, but in terms of <laughs> the, the more practical technological aspects, um, Certainly, you can you can contact me through either Facebook as Angela Grima. Um, to listen to my music, you'll find it on YouTube and Spotify, Apple Music, all those um, avenues. Um, eventually, I'll, I'll put something up on TikTok with a video, um, with a song, or and, and Twitter. Um, and then, in terms of of you know, if you're thinking you'd like to do um, a team building with us, well, certainly with drum beats, um, you can find drum beats, you can find Sydney team building, you'll find Hoptive. And then if you're looking for a, an incredible show, then Gaia Rhythm Events. So with that, let's hear your incredible song. If you could take us out with that, I would love, us, love you to just play that for us. We'll also put a link in the show notes so that people can get to that as well. And then I'd love to have you, we'll have you back on the show, you know, in a year's time and see how you have been going with everything. So thank you so much again for your time. Really, oh. and I'm looking forward to lots more exciting things together. An absolute pleasure. Now, do you feel like dancing? Well, of course, because I'm going to step in. We've just been talking about self-belief and trust and moving okay. in. So I think I will. So for the first time, I'll uh, do a bit of dancing online. You're going to dance? And I if will. people are watching, you know, get ready to dance with us. Okay, fantastic. Let's do it. Get my chair <laughs> All away. All right. Away. Me too. All right, let's get this song playing. I will move my laptop back a bit so you can see the body. Okie dokie. So you're leading the dance, Angela. Oh, no, you are. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I'll need it. Beautiful. Okay. Can you hear that? Just show the world. Just show the world that you are here to shine. There's nothing stopping you from reaching high. And there's a fire burning deep inside. You gotta go with it. You gotta dance with it. You gotta move with it. Here we go. Sing with me. Oh, oh, oh. I was born to shine. Sing with me. Oh, oh. Another day, another time, another place to be. It's now my time to shine bright like a star. Someday things are just all so far away. But there ain't nothing getting in my way. You gotta go with it. You gotta dance with it. You gotta move with it. Here we go. Sing with me. Oh, oh, oh. I was born to shine. Sing with me. Oh, oh, oh. Please share it with a friend. I was born to shine. Say with me. Oh, oh, oh. Subscribe, rate, and review. Your freedom unending.